Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty along with my brother Brian. We're going to get a harvest update on today's program. We talked about, you know, what should we discuss on today's program? Well, there's so much harvest going on, especially in the western Corn Belt with a big front with rain and the year's first snow coming through for many areas. Guys are certainly hustling to try and get as much crop harvested as possible. In other areas of the country, they're having some delays, and and, uh, and then, of course, in other areas, it's going great. So want to hear from you on today's program. What's happening on your farm? What are you working on? Uh, what are you learning so far this harvest season? Our phone lines will be open throughout the show at 844 844- 44 ag phd you can also send us an email you can certainly send pictures to us that way as well radio at agphd.com. then of course we're on twitter ag phd media brian hefty or darren hefty all right well the harvest update from our farm we're we're rolling along on beans trying to get as many of those beans in as we can we've got some rain forecast here and freezing temperatures the next few days um I think the freezing temperatures are supposed to hit, what, Thursday night, Brian, into Friday, something like that. I guess we'll see how it all plays out. But big front coming through. I know parts of our state supposed to get a foot of snow, maybe even more. So obviously we want to get those soybeans out of the field if we can uh, ahead of that or get as many of them as we can out. Uh, looking at some of the corn, we've got moistures now low enough. We could get started on corn too. Um, we got the full court press on getting some soybeans out, but... If, uh, if that wasn't the case, we had a little more window, we'd, we'd probably be into some of this corn too. Brian may disagree. He'll say, no, 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 we got to get the beans done, but there's some corn that's ready to go too. Well, yeah. I mean, if beans are fit, you got to take the beans first. There's no question about it because beans are just so sensitive. You can lose them to shatter. You can lose them to snow. Uh, I, I mean, you, just, you have to get beans done. So yes, anytime beans are fit, we're rolling on that. But what happens a lot of years is we have mornings where we can't go on beans. So then we can work on corn in the morning and then we can work on afternoon or in the afternoon and evenings we can work on beans. But right now we've been getting super windy days. So when you can start at 9 a.m. on beans, that's pretty darn good. We don't really have uh, extra time to be working on corn in between or anything like that. But anyway, yields started out really terrible. I mean, of course, we did some of our stuff where we had white mold first and white mold is just a really tough disease it is and you can tell me all about frog eye and all these other diseases but there is no disease worse than white mold in soybeans in my opinion it can absolutely take 100 percent of your yield if it's i mean in the bad spots and we do multiple things to try to fight it every year and still, we have some issues, some bad issues with white mold. Uh, so the first field that we got into that had a lot of white mold ended up being 50. I was hoping it was going to be 70. It was. It still made 50, so it's not a complete disaster. But we spent a bunch of money on that trying to stop the white mold. And still, I think it took 20 bushels off our yield. Um, anyway, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. There's some stuff we did in June, uh, June 4th and later that's averaging 60 plus right now for a 1.4 maturity bean where I like to plant about a 2 to a 2.3 maturity bean. So anyway, there there are some good things out there. There are also some bad things out there. And by the way, when you hear me say I'm super disappointed in 50 bushel beans, for what we do and the yields we've had in the past, I mean, our farm average is close to 70 normally. To get a 50 bushel yield off a field that's normally really, really good that's to me very disappointing because 
I mean, there goes all your profit. You know, if you're down to 50 bushel beans and you invested a bunch, I mean, especially if we're renting ground, which on that field we are, there's no money left at 50. We've got to have 60 or 70 if we're going to make it go, at least at today's prices. Now, granted, I, I am of the belief that commodity prices are going up. I think the government's absolutely dead wrong on yield and they're dead wrong on acres. So we'll find out. I could be right or wrong. Uh, time will tell. But I just believe that by the time everything shakes out, most likely late winter, early spring, people finally realize, huh, it doesn't seem like the bushels are there. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, the other thing that we're working on is just getting ready to go for spring in terms of weeds. So Darren and I do a bunch of training with some agronomists from around the country every week. And I just told them this morning, this next year is going to be one of the worst years you've ever seen for weeds. Because I want you to think about all the things that happened this year. Flooding, delayed planting, uh, poor crop canopy out there for a variety of reasons. There was green snap on more acres than I've ever seen. There, was lo there were lots of lodging issues. There were lots of drown out spots. I, I mean, just a whole bunch of problems. Guys didn't get to spray on time. Some fields didn't even get sprayed. The, the weed population exploded this year. And unfortunately, now we're going to have to fight that for the next few years. So anyway, my point to the agronomist this morning was, hey, especially in soybeans, you better make sure that your farmers are doing a good job getting pre-emerge herbicides out there. I strongly suggest three pre-emerge modes of action to get ahead of this stuff. The other thing is, if you say, well, I've got good post-emerge sprays, here's one of the problems with that. If your weeds are so thick that you can't get down below the canopy of the weeds, they're going to be weeds that you miss when you spray. So literally, you'll spray, and you could go back out there a week later and spray again because there are so many weeds that didn't get touched the first time. So you got to thin them out as best you can with pre-emerge herbicides. You know, there are so many lessons to learn from 2019, and I, I've heard from so many people saying, well, I don't know, we'll never see another year like that. That's what I thought last year, too. And then here we go with uh, with another year like that. It, it could be the same way next year. I, I talked to an agronomist this morning. He said, I've already got guys that are talking about prevent plant for next spring. That's six months away. And I said, boy, that's, that's crazy. You can't give up on next year already. I mean, the weather can change in a hurry. We all know that. We could have an early spring. We could have a warm spring. Who knows what we're going to get. All we can do is plan right now what's the best thing that we can do. One of the things, too, that we should talk about, Brian, on today's program is cover crop because for some of these farmers who let or planted cover crop for the first time in some of these prevent plant situations, they, they need to do something about that because they're not used to dealing with a big, tall crop in the spring. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about harvest updates from around the country and take your calls as well. Stay tuned. Every farmer knows there are lots of steps to having a perfect season. Don't let your fertilizer plan be the step that trips you up. For over 35 years, AgroLiquid has had the experts and the products that'll help you move closer to your target. No matter when you apply fertilizer, no matter how, you'll hit the bullseye. AgroLiquid can help you increase yields and crop quality. To learn more, go to agroliquid.com. AgroLiquid moves you closer to your target. 
Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. A pasture should have two things, grass and cattle. No weeds, no brush. That's why Chaparral Herbicide offers the broadest spectrum weed control available. It controls weeds other products can miss, like buckbrush and Canada thistle. And less weeds and brush in your pastures means more forage, so you spend less on feed. Chaparral also suppresses seed heads, lessening the effects of fescue toxicosis, all while providing season-long residual control. Visit NoWeedsNoBrush.com today and learn more about Chaparral. As your corn crop grows and the ear begins to form, potassium is at a high demand, almost as high as nitrogen. The same is true for soybeans with similar high demands of potassium during pod fill. Don't fall behind and ensure your crop is getting its potassium with Catalyst. Catalyst by Actigrow has been shown to be the best at entering the leaf when compared to other leading potassium products. Visit k-supercharged.com for more information. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, getting a harvest update from around the country. We'd love to hear from you, and our phone lines are open throughout the show today at 844-44-AG-PHD. I know we're worried about snow up here in the Dakotas. How about uh, heading a little ways south? Let's get on to Mississippi. We've got Jeremy on with us right now. Jeremy, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. Yourself? Well, pretty good. They're telling us we might have some snow, and for sure we're going to have some rain coming up the next couple of days, so that's no fun. But what are what are things like uh, down in Mississippi? Well, believe it or not, we were on Saturday. It was uh, about 100 degrees. And uh, I think it was uh, sun- no, Sunday. It was uh, still 100 degrees, and it's been 100 degrees since July, and we were starting to get really sick of it. So... Um, Everybody had about two, three hours of fall, and then winter started coming to us. <laughs> it dropped down to about 50, 50 degrees on uh, Monday, and now it's warming back up to the 80s, but they're saying for this Friday it's supposed to be down to the 40s as a low. Wow. So, uh, so much for fall. Uh, that's what we consider winter, uh, 40 degrees. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the livestock, and they're doing everything they can to handle the 100 degrees, and all of a sudden you throw 40 and 50 at them. That's not a good thing. Well, that's why we don't have a lot of livestock in the area. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what what about crops? What's happening out in fields? We are we are on our farm. We've got about two days of rice left and about two days of soybeans. This is extremely late for us to be harvesting rice and soybeans. I don't think I've ever harvested rice this late before, but we planted it two months later, so it should be late. Uh, we've uh, we've had a nice fall. Nice dry weather all fall long, nice and hot, so it helped mature the cotton and helped mature the rice. Uh, but we've got about two days of uh, harvest on our grains left, and we've got about two days of sunshine. So hopefully nothing breaks. Hopefully we don't get anything stuck in the rice field, and we get everything out before the rain comes in. Uh, we still have a lot of cotton to go, uh, but once again, very late planting, uh, very late maturing. Uh, thankful, thankful for all the hot weather that we had, even though 100 degrees in October, it gets old quick. Uh, 
but it was really nice to help mature the uh, bring the cotton crop to an end and bring the rice crop to an end. How, how about yields, Jeremy? Or, or think, I know when you ever you plant late like that, guys are really concerned about yield because we don't have a lot of precedent behind that. But uh, what what are you seeing this year? I, I would say very similar to what y'all were saying earlier. Uh, our early planted, we did get some early planted beans in, and they did really really well. Uh, and then in the same field, when you come back and you plant a month later in the same field, same variety, and you're 20 bushels off. And uh, it's frustrating. They're still good beans. They're not, you know, they're average to a little below average, but they're, they're not what they should have been uh, compared to if you could have got them planted on time. We plant uh, a lot of our beans are a 4, 8, uh, 4, 5. We had some 4 O's on some uh, sand that uh, were planted late, and we probably should have kept them in the bag and planted some uh, four-eighths or something a little bit longer season uh, for the later planting date for us. Yep. Uh, the uh, the rice is, uh, I would say, it's it's poor, but you plant two months late, you get poor rice, uh, but it's not, it's not a disaster, but it's uh, below average. And uh, uh, the cotton is still, uh, they're still... We're still running pickers. It's still early. I've had some really, really, really strong cotton and some weak cotton uh, starting off. So we'll see how we. It looks like the rest of it looks pretty good, though. Well, yeah, you just never know what you're going to get when you you have a planting season like we had. But uh, glad to hear you're getting some crap out, and uh, hopefully, like you say, if you get through these next couple days and get uh, rice and soybeans wrapped up, life will be pretty good. Been talking with Jeremy down in Mississippi. Jeremy, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. No problem. I'll take care. You too. I got Chris in Southern Iowa with us right now. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's harvest going in your neck of the woods? Uh, we're actually we're doing pretty good. I uh, got in. I got a small piece that's about 30 miles away from my home that I wanted to get started at, and we're doing right at about 240. I think when we get down into the bottoms, I think we're going to probably get closer to 300 mark, but we're running... Oh, 19.5. Uh, the last load I just delivered uh, came back at 20.3 with a uh, 59.6 test weight on it. Uh, so I know if I was able to wait a little longer, that test weight would go up. But she's doing pretty good down in here considering the year that we've had. Yeah, no kidding. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. How about soybeans? Have you touched any of the soybeans yet? I, I did not produce any soybeans this year. Okay. I, uh, I stayed away from the soybean side of things. I actually, I took about 300 acres of ground, and I went corn on corn this year. Yep. Um, I put a little more input in it. Uh, the market on the soybeans just wasn't looking very friendly to me this year, and I just figured even if I had a little bit of a yield loss, going corn on corn, it, it would still be more profitable in the end for me. Um to do it now i i got lucky um i i got a lot of my stuff in early now i did uh, on my ground the old, all i had to replant was three acres and i replanted that the fourth day of june but this stuff that i'm taking out today was planted the 23rd day of april and then the majority of the rest of it was planted the eighth day of may and i've, I've missed the hail and i've missed the winds and she's just said there's been a couple of yellow spots and some of their uh you know, I used some uh, liquid, and at that one farm, it kind of seems like maybe some of that liquid, I don't know if they didn't apply it deep enough, but it kind of seems like maybe it uh, bled out a little bit. Uh, but even still out in there, I still think it's going to do 170 bushel. They're about 42 long, uh, 
12 to 14 around eight, even out in that yellow. Now, you get down into the real green stuff, you're talking 60 long and 18 to 20 rounds. So, I mean, that, that's just good pioneer corn right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is fun when you get uh, when you get good yields. I, I like when you're having that test weight discussion, too, because – uh, we we were just chatting about that earlier today. With I had a farmer that had uh, mid twenties for moisture, and he was was talking about. I wonder how much test weight I'm going to pick up as this dries down. And uh, we were talking through some calculations that a guy could use. But yeah, you're right. If you're already at 59 in that 19 20 percent, got some pretty fun corn to be harvesting. Hey, Chris, uh, I understand you yeah. wanted to talk about China just for a minute, and I know that's yeah. one of those topics. Boy, if you're in the NBA or on ESPN, you can't talk about that at all. That's right. Well, that's not where we're at, and that's not who we call it now, is it? <laughs> but uh, I just want to say, I served uh, in the United States Army from 2001 to 2005 active duty. I did two years in active duty. And I want to remind all of our producers that are out there listening to this show, I'm 35 years old. Uh, China is not the future of our prosperity, all right? We are the future of China's prosperity, we are the monsters of the midway. We took back Europe for Europe. And I think that we need to start remembering exactly who we are and how we got here. And it's not us that needs to get on our knees for uh, the Red Star China. I, I think it's the exact opposite. And I, I believe that we need to go back to having the American attitude like our forefathers. We dumped the tea in the Boston Harbor. We weren't held hostage by nobody, no way, no shape, no how. And I just, I get a little frustrated on a lot of, um, a lot of people talking about how they act like China is just, you know, sun rises and sets with them. And I guess I just want to put that out there to all the producers to let's just keep our chins up. And, you know, we're fighters and we're going to get out of this deal. And we got, we got more than enough customers south of our border and north of our border and the fact of the matter is they need our product so badly they will have to pay double the price to buy it third hand through a middleman and they're still going to buy our product so i just think that we need to just relax a little bit on worrying about them so much i just I really do, and that's that's really what I wanted to put out there about that. I appreciate that, Chris, and certainly appreciate your service to our country as well. That's uh, that's a that's a good take. I love I love getting uh, other people's takes on on what's happening. And you're right, we got to focus and not get distracted here, and uh, focus on what we can do. And right now, what we can do, Chris, is harvest, and you're kicking it with 240 plus bushel corn. Awesome. Stay safe through harvest, and uh, call back again sometime. Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call, Bob. You bet. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. You know, whether you're a an American farmer or a Canadian farmer, you have to look at the amount of food we produce for the world here in North America. It is incredible. We have a lot of great things going, and I'm super excited about the future. Listening to Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your grain bin fans can cost you a lot. High electric bills from running when conditions are not ideal, shrinkage from overdried grain, and spoiled grain all take money out of your pocket. With the Steps GMS app temperature humidity switch, get your bin fans to start making you money. Only run vans when the conditions are right. Eliminate shrink and spoilage in your bins. Deliver grain in top condition at market moisture. 
When every dollar counts, you need Steps GMS. Contact us today at StepsGMS.com. Build with the best. When you choose Morton Buildings for your next farm storage building, you'll experience the Morton Advantage at every step, starting before the walls even go up. Since the value of our buildings is in its ability to protect what you have stored inside, we ensure that every component is researched and tested to withstand the elements in all weather conditions. And we back it up with the strongest warranty in the business. Looks better. Built stronger. Lasts longer. Learn more at MortonBuildings.com. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions. If you're a rancher who's obsessed with keeping your pastures clear, turn to Grayson Next Herbicide. It offers superior broadleaf weed control, so instead of thinking about weeds, you can think about the money you'll save growing more grass and buying less feed. Used early in the season, Grazon Next also provides residual activity that controls newly emerged weed seedlings, giving you season-long control. Start enhancing your land while you protect it. Visit LeaveTheWeedsToUs.com to learn more about Grazon Next. Always read and follow label directions. When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend Crop System. The system that makes the difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. Featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough-to-control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field-proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state. It's a harvest update show on today's Ag PhD Radio. We'd love to hear what's happening in fields around you, or if you're out in the field, we'd love to hear from you as well. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. If you've got pictures, send them to us, radio at agphd.com. We'd love to see what harvest looks like. Getting some pictures in uh, from from southern Alberta. Uh, I don't like seeing that white stuff on the ground, and uh, I know that's going to hit us in the Dakotas here coming up real soon too. Uh, Sit down to Arkansas. we got Scott with us right now. Scott, how's it going there? Uh, it's pretty good. Finally got a little bit of cool weather, finally. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a good thing when you've been uh, ninety or a hundred degrees. Uh, we're not looking forward to this cool weather we've got because it comes with snow up here. Uh, but uh, but I guess that's the way it goes. That's fall. You, you know, it, it's really, and that's one thing about ag radio and and seeing what goes on across the United. It's it's uncomprehendable for me in Northeast Arkansas to believe that y'all are going to get snow. We just come off the hottest September on record, you know. 
Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it, and we're 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 far apart, but we're not that far apart. And it just shows you the diversity that we have to deal with with each of us being farmers in weather. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's it's crazy, and you know, you think about where where harvest is at, and we're we're all trying to harvest here. Where where are you at? Are you guys into the soybeans yet? No. Uh, well, just we're just starting here. I hadn't started, but uh, a lot of people's cut a day or two. Uh, we finished rice. Uh, you know, our rice was late. We were we were like the rest of the country. We were we were late getting everything in, and uh, it's you know we is very fortunate you think that when you have a record you know almost the whole our whole summer was september <laughs> and you would think boy that probably speeded everything up but i don't know what if it had been a normal september i don't i don't know what where, how late this crop would have yeah been. we would have been in real trouble there's no doubt about that and even here where we've got uh some corn that's not quite gonna make it to black layer but uh, yeah, if we wouldn't have had a little late burst of heat, uh, we would have really been in trouble. What what does a explain that to a southerner when you don't when your corn don't make it up that, that far north to black layer? What does that do to you? Well, it's light test weight, just not the best quality grain. And, you know, if we're half milk line or better, we get most of the yield. You're going to lose probably ten percent of your yield or something like that. And yeah, you probably have fifty-two pound corn. It doesn't you, dry down well, and yeah, fifty-two. That's awfully optimistic. I, I'm optimistic. So a lot of guys. So here, here's here's Maybe what 45. ends up happening, Scott. Especially when you get up north into North Dakota, and northern Minnesota, and when they have a really cold year, they'll talk about forty, 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 and to, to two of the forty numbers you really don't like: forty pound test weight and forty percent moisture. It just doesn't dry Ooh. down well. And it just doesn't uh, test out very well. And, yeah, hopefully it yields a lot more than 40 bushels. But the point is it can be an absolute disaster if it comes super early. So this year, I mean, right where we're at, we almost never have that kind of thing. But once you get further north, then they get really concerned about that. The good news is they've developed such better early varieties. I mean, well, like this year, a lot of guys, when they got delayed planting, like even us on our farm, we planted some 85-day corn. And it's it looks like it's going to yield great. I mean, like 200-plus bushels per acre, and it's going to be dry and everything. But for some of the guys that, let's say, stood with their 100, 105-day corn— I don't think it's going to make it. And so it's going to be light. The yield's going to be down and it's just not going to dry down very well. So they're not going to be very happy. The last time we had a big, had this on a big scale was 1993. And our dad burned up one of our grain dryers that fall because he was trying to dry stuff down from the mid thirties and it was light test weight. And yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of a mess. So anyway, we've learned from that and we try to always plant some earlier corn. So we at least have something to get started on. We can let the late stuff sit out there for a while and hopefully dry down naturally yeah it's uh i tell you it's a challenge weather weather has made farming a challenge more than anything else in our area <laughs> yep but you know what if everybody i mean if it was easy everybody would want to be a farmer so i, I mean we got to go through some of these struggles and you got to have uh, a pretty pretty tough constitution to uh continue to survive and thrive from year to year hey scott uh, thanks for calling in today really appreciate it and good luck to you down there Thank y'all. You bet. All right, let's head up to Minnesota, get Dan online with us. Dan, are you nervous about this snow? Well, it's, um, uh, it certainly doesn't brighten one's day. Um, <laughs> uh, nope. 
uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, in our area, there was some uh, some hail, which weakened the stems and the soybeans and the stalks from the corn, and and some heavy wet snow on on top of especially the soybeans and having them tip over. Uh, yeah, uh, that's not desirable. So, have guys gotten to do much harvest in your area? Uh, uh, the soy, the soybeans are just uh, sugar beets officially started on Monday, and soybeans um, uh, just basically got rolling yesterday. Um, you know, we guys were able in the area to poke into some fields until we found some, some spots to go on, and now today I see uh, they're able to go into whole whole fields of soybeans that are are fit enough, and the drainage is good enough for them to go, and. Uh, Corn. I've seen a little bit of corn harvested, uh, but that uh, uh, that was damaged by hail. Um, uh, so for the most most part, corn corn up this way is going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. The crops really took a beating this summer. That's for sure, and that that does make me a little bit nervous. Just adding one stress onto the next one, and you know, with the sugar beets, what what are you hearing out of the beets? Is the tonnage good? Is the sugar content good? Um, uh, have you got any any um, uh, sugar content reports back yet? Uh, um, but where the where the drainage was uh, uh, on on the farms, uh, um, some pretty decent beets. Uh, I've been hearing uh, from twenty nine to thirty three ten uh, per acre range. Wow, that's excellent. That's excellent. You said yeah. the drainage really helped there. Yeah, you guys had a lot of moisture up there again this year. Uh, what what did you notice with the with the drainage? Is is there a certain spacing that you're finding you got to get down to this spacing to make it work? Um, the the thing to do if you can afford it is pattern tile. Um, and boy, the pattern tile tiled fields really. Uh, uh, really shine this year, all the way from guys being able to get in, into them early, um, and uh, uh, just in general plant health, uh, no denitrification throughout the year. As far as you know, spacing between um, the lines and stuff, um, um, I, I guess I'd have to talk to one of the tiling uh, uh, operators uh, to get a better handle on that. No, you're right. Uh, just just getting pattern tile out there is the first step, and and yeah, it's it, whether it's twenty foot, thirty foot, forty foot, fifty foot, whatever. It's uh, at least you get some out there, and that's definitely better than nothing. How about prevent plant? Did you see much prevent plant in your area? Yes, uh, a fair amount, a fair amount of prevent plant in the area, uh, and uh, I think the guy, the guy. The general theme was the guys that did it well, were glad they did it, and um, there were some guys that didn't do it um, uh, that had poor drainage issues, and they planted in late late May and early June, and they're 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 wishing they would have. Yeah, it's. Boy, it's been been one of the and the other thing that goes kind of with that is the weed control. I've had so many comments on what those prevent plant acres look like. Did did guys get cover crop out there, or or did, were they fighting weeds all year? Uh, there there was some of each. Um, I would say only thirty five percent of the uh, prevent plant acres in uh, our area up here in West Central Minnesota 
we're planning to a cover crop. The the rest, uh, um, you know, uh, it, was, it was a challenge to get the weeds under control. Some guys did it with sprays, some guys did it with tillage when it dried out enough, and uh, some some did it with each. And I think if the rain would went to bend so relentless, the amount of acres of the would would have been increased on a percentage basis. Yeah. Uh, I think there were guys that wanted to get a preventive plant crop probably but just weren't, weren't able to. That's exactly right. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Really appreciate joining us. Stay safe through harvest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions. Worried about glyphosate-resistant weeds and grasses in your corn? Unleash the power of new Impact Z herbicide and get the early post-application advantage you've been waiting for. Save $3 per acre when you combine Impact Z with a qualifying insecticide purchase. Go to buy2save3.com for details. Buy2Save3 is a service mark and Impact Z is a trademark owned by AMVAC Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. If your fertilizers aren't formulated to maximize your efficiency, if you can't mix all the PK and micros your crop needs into one prescription application, if you have to add products to improve and invigorate your soil biology, then you need to expect more from your fertilizer. With AgroLiquid's advanced technology, you can expect more, a lot more. Make the most of your crop nutrition. With AgroLiquid, to find a crop nutrition expert near you, visit agroliquid.com. When looking for someone to help with your risk management, a key component to look for is patience. Patience to bring you along in the process at your own speed. Patience to learn about your operation. And patience to not only discuss what strategies may be effective for your plan, but why they would be effective. That's the strength of Grain PhD. I'm Darren Hefty. When you're ready to become more engaged in your risk management, Grain PhD can assist you with that process. Visit grainphd.com to learn more. We didn't get to the moon by accepting that man can't fly. And we sure didn't get the car by settling for the horse. Progress isn't driven by accepting things as they are. It's driven by asking questions. At Indigo, we're working with farmers to question the entire agriculture system, to reimagine everything from soil to sail. Yeah, we like the big projects. Go to indigoag.com questions to find out more. Indigo, from questions we grow. Bean growers continue to see yield loss from white mold across the Midwest this season. To maximize next year's crop, a white mold prevention strategy that includes Contans WG soil fungicide is a must for your farming operation. Applying Contans this fall to reduce the sclerotia in the soil is the most effective way to stop white mold at its source. Start a Contans white mold control strategy this fall or pay for it later in lost yield.
Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a harvest update from around the continent here. Our phone lines are open, 844-44-AG-PHD. Love to hear from some of our listeners further north up into Canada, if we can. Uh, let's head south on this call. We're down in Oklahoma, north central Oklahoma with Luke. Luke, how's it going? Good. Yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's uh, harvest going on your farm? Well, we're about two weeks from starting soybeans. Uh, most of the sunflowers are just about to wrap up, and uh, most of the corn about two, three weeks ago was gone. So uh, we're in weight mode right now, so in a little bit of rye. Sure, sure. All right, so tell me about the corn then. If you got the corn out, what did that yield like? Were you happy? We didn't have any. Well, we didn't have any corn. Um, with the aflatoxin scare and the way they were discounting, we about five years ago quit raising it, but... Uh, a lot of uh, disappointed uh, producers in the area, I think, just because uh, that 45-day stretch we didn't have any moisture, it, uh, I think it set it back a fair amount just here in the yields. How did the sunflowers handle that? Uh, the guys that really took care of them well, uh, fantastic. Uh, the guys that didn't, uh, not so much. Uh, it's uh, paying attention to detail, sure paid off this year on the sunflowers. Was it a fertility thing? Was it uh, just plant health overall? What made the difference on the flowers? Uh, plant health, uh, for the most part, there was uh, uh, a little bit more fungicide, a little bit more insecticide applied, and uh, you could tell that there was definitely a pollination issue on the stuff that uh, wasn't managed as well. So, yeah, that's just a killer if you don't don't have good pollination, no doubt about that. How about how about on the soybeans? Uh, they, a lot of times they like that heat, but boy, forty five days is a long time. You know these. Uh, we tried to enlist beans for the first time this year, and uh, boy, we couldn't be more disappointed in uh, in the performance. Uh, they're not the bin yet, but they sure behave similar to the old round of two beans in tolerating the heat. But the dicamba beans. Those things can burn up five times and still, you know, raise 30 to 50 bushel beans. It's insane how well they can tolerate the heat. And I don't know what the difference is in genetics, but uh, uh, we planted some water holes that we took the rent plant on just for cover. We had some leftover dicamba beans, and we planted them next to the enlist beans. And the dicamba beans, even though they were planted August 2nd, I think, and the enlist beans were June uh, 30th, the dicamba beans are about two feet taller than the enlist beans. Wow. That's, that's a big difference. Yeah, for being 30 days that far behind and still catch up and, and surpass where they're at. So. You know, when I think about that, are, are you still kind of caught up in drought or have you gotten moisture since then? Well, you go 10 miles west of us and 10 miles north of us they're in surplus and right now we're dusting stuff in uh we have moisture in some of the places that we get clean but uh you know the beans are uh certainly could use a little bit of water you know to finish them out i think the freezers are going to finish them off on friday but uh for the most part we're fairly dry um sitting here watching a field you know kick dust up right now and the one that we're sowing Wow. So are you just being optimistic, seeding stuff into the dust, or, or are you supposed to catch the moisture when that cold front comes through? It was supposed to rain last night, and uh, we got a 10-inch rain, dropped to 10 inches apart, 
weekend, so there's supposed to be rain again tonight, so we'll see. I mean, there's moisture in places, but, uh, I mean, it's time. You just uh, can't, I mean, you can't wait. Right, So right. it's, uh, uh, with cereals, there's a little bit more forgiveness there than there is the large grain crops. So, uh, yeah, just be optimistic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's farm But on the let's other end of that, you see these guys, the neighbors to you, that you can't talk them into uh, putting an insecticide on. I mean, you're talking two to four bucks an acre, depending on what package you go with, and they're out running two or three trips over uh, this young wheat because the Army, I've seen some fields just in two days' time, they go from looking fantastic to completely decimated to the point where there's 20% of the leaf material left in the field. I mean, it's just... And we had a bad moth flush move forward in certain areas, too. And so um, it didn't matter if you scattered or not. You, I mean, two days was the difference between you having to resow and not. Uh, but the guys who used insecticide, I mean, they were just, they were covered. You know, that's that's a good point, Luke, uh, when we think about it. And it's hard sometimes to spend money and say, ah, my, my hope is, is gone right now, so I don't want to spend any more money or throw good money after bad. But, wow, if you have a stressful year, some of those expenses you have to make or you just lose everything. And you, you're right, when you can spray insecticide for two to four bucks, uh, that's that's a pretty easy yes. You aren't you aren't taking a whole lot of risk, and you absolutely know what the army worm's going to do. That's for sure. Well, hey Luke, uh, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Good luck here uh, uh, as uh, you get that weather change. Hopefully, you catch a little bit of moisture here along the way too. Yeah, you guys stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, from the guy in Oklahoma, he's he's going to pick at us. Yeah, it's going to be cold. We're ready for it though. Hey, it is October. We're used to some cool temperatures here. We've made it this far without a freeze. Normally, we get a little frost by now, so uh, I think we actually made it a little past our normal frost date, which which this year turned out to be a real blessing for us. Uh, let's head over to Wisconsin. We've got Tom on with us right now. Tom, how's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, Working on beans. How's the yield over there so far, Tom? Uh, about thirty-nine. So, what, what's what's normal for you? What would be average? Uh, about forty-five. So down just a little bit. Was it late planted or anything? Yeah, yeah, and it's been pretty wet. Yeah. Yep, same deal for us here. How about your old friend white mold, Tom? Did you have much white mold in your area, or did you have SDS? What was the big disease pressure there? No, we didn't really have much for disease. We had white mold last year, but not this year. Oh, that's good. Were the beans just shorter, though? I mean, because of the late plant? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep, we did see that quite a bit. Some of the real late plant stuff uh, certainly was not as bad. We found that even on our own farm. Late plant, early varieties didn't get as tall, let a little more air through there, and and just less disease. And they're, well, this is only the second day of decent weather, but uh, they're dry there. Well, I just took them some food lunch and they said they're under 13 now oh yep perfect yep good deal so haven't started in on any corn yet no we could but we want to get the beans off it's supposed to get an inch of rain late tomorrow so yeah yep 
uh, yeah, not a whole lot different for us here. They're talking right now half an inch of rain. Hopefully that doesn't become an inch of rain. That's usually what's happened this year. Well, actually this year it's become like four inches of rain every time they said we were yeah. supposed to get a half. But <laughs> any, anything yeah. anything else you've seen uh, on the farm this year? Anything uh, that's been a, an exceptional challenge? Weeds, insects? No, we didn't. uh our fields are seen really clean. We didn't have uh, we didn't have much problem. Oh, good. All right. Well, hey, good luck. I think, uh, oh, go ahead. The, the only thing I was wondering: Did you ever, and not to change the subject, but just for a second, on on a cover crop with radishes in in the uh, tiled ground and yep. going down deep with the roots and plugging yep. tile? Uh, it's not usually a real big problem because radishes are just a one-year crop. When you start talking about the multi-year crops, that's where we have a lot more issue. Now, radishes certainly can get down there, but we've got a lot of crops that can get down there. It's just, it doesn't cause a whole lot of issue. And, you know, then whatever root does get in there, it dies off. And then usually it flushes out. So it's possible it could catch a little dirt while it's growing down in there and start to plug your tile line. But it's not like super likely. We have way more problems with any of the perennial crops or grasses. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. well, hey, thanks for the call, Tom. Really appreciate it. And best of luck to you here during the harvest season. Okay. Thank you. You thanks bet. You guys. Yep. Yep. Thanks a lot. Stay safe. All right, well, coming up right after this, we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag. If you've got any questions for us, just email us, radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic fungicides from Atticus LLC. Fungal diseases can be devastating, but Acadia, Slant, and Talaris 4.5F from Atticus deliver lasting, broad-spectrum fungi control so your soybeans, sugar beets, and dry beans can thrive. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value-based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Vellum is Rotam North America's Mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. Your independent spirit is more rewarding than ever before. Unlike incentive programs that require growers to purchase a particular seed brand or to bundle certain products, the FMC Freedom Pass program rewards you for making the best choices for your fields. You decide what's best for your operation, from pre-plant to harvest. Your retailer and FMC take care of the rest. It's really that simple. The exclusive agronomic rewards, performance assurances, application innovations, and product financing of the FMC Freedom Pass program make it easier to protect your crops and cash flow. That's what we mean when we say we give you more freedom in the field. You'll experience more control and confidence, too. Generics and imitators can't promise that. Visit your authorized FMC retailer or fmcfreedompass.com to calculate your potential financial incentive and learn more. 
We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois. We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota. We raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We farm millions of acres across North America and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers, for farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. The last thing you want after harvesting your grain is to spoil it before it goes to market. The Grain Temp Guard from Farm Shop MFG is a low-cost bin monitoring solution that tracks temperature and humidity and alerts you when conditions exceed safe thresholds. Visit farmshopmfg.com. Tired of that old warped poly boom ruining your spray applications? Express Boom from Hypro is a fully assembled stainless steel boom that ensures an even application of chemicals every time. Don't wait another season. Upgrade today. Hypro, helping you spray better. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio, live in the Morton studio. I am Brian Hefty, along with my brother Darren. We are taking your calls today, 844-44-AG-PHD, getting some harvest updates from around the continent. We're also going to hopefully get to the Ag PhD mailbag here in just a little bit. Before we do, we've got Ron calling in from Wisconsin. Hey, Ron, how are you? Uh, real good. Thank you for taking my call. My question is on tar spot. You bet. Uh, so what would you like to know? Well, should a guy moldboard plow this, the stalks under? plant a cover crop is it you know does it overwinter what what's the scenario on this stuff all right darren go ahead <laughs> brand's like you want tar spot don't you you know this is one that moved this year and it's one that growers are certainly going to be uh looking at we we saw a tar spot over into minnesota this year and there were growers that are saying wait a minute uh, we aren't supposed to have this over here yeah we had weather last year that uh, if you looked at all the modeling, there could have been tar spot as far as eastern Montana. There's enough moisture for that. So it, it's certainly one that you want to be aware of. And, and really the best things that a guy could do. I like tillage when it comes to these things. If you're a no-till yes, guy, it though. it can overwinter. If you're a no-till guy, though, I get it uh, that that's not going to be your thing. Then you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to get that residue eaten up before you rotate back to corn again. I certainly wouldn't do corn on corn on that in a no-till situation. And I'd prefer not to do that even on a uh, uh, conventional till situation. And then how, you, are, how are the varieties, Darren? So Darren looks well, at lots of varieties. What I would say think? a lot of them are terrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, let's, okay. let's be fair. Uh, the, the breeders have not even looked at this. So now they're looking at all these hybrids really for the first time on tar spot just the last few years here. And they, they've been looking to see, well, what do we have? We don't even know what we have for tolerance. There are a few that aren't too bad. And you've probably seen this too out in the fields that, you know, there's some hybrids that handled it pretty well. And then there's quite a few that are average at best, but probably not very good at all. So hybrid tolerance is one. And I will say this, most seed companies don't have a great handle on where all their hybrids are just because they haven't been in that spot to be able to get a good evaluation. So hybrid is going to be one. And if your seed dealer knows, hey, here's a couple that have really done well for us, that would be quite helpful for you. The other thing is look at these fungicides. And there's one that we're really excited about that's a new one coming out. Delaro has been kind of our go-to on this so far. Uh, but now we're looking at the new Veltima from BASF. Uh, it's a triazole fungicide, but it's a different triazole. It's, well, wait, it's, that's one of the components. 
It's headline plus the triazole. Right. The the Revitec portion of that is is a triazole and Revisol portion of it. Yes. Revisol. Okay. Sorry. Well, it you. gets confusing with all the names. Go ahead. Anyway, it's it's a new product that that really looks promising. I'm not saying that it's going to be the the perfect answer and everything, but uh, getting getting that fungicide protection out there is going to be good. And then layering your fungicides so when you get to that that susceptible window when the weather looks uh, like it's going to be fit uh, for a tar spot or your risk is really high, uh, I would probably spray a fungicide every third week uh, just to be on the safe side. So it's probably going to be two passes of in-season fungicide to, to really give you a pretty good window where you're safe. All right. And then his other question was cover crops. Do we think that cover crops are going to help? I don't. What do you think? Well, I, I don't really see that they're going to have a huge impact, but I guess it's something we'll learn about as as we go forward. Well, I guess- In terms of breaking that residue down, you know, we've seen some of the brassicas do a pretty nice job helping us break some of the residue down. Outside of that, we got to be careful. We don't have a host, though. Anyway, what were you going to say, Ron? I I was I was going to break the moldboard and plow out and plow the stalks all under and, and then plant some weed or something on top. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, but it, just as a cover crop then? The well, wheat or yeah, actual this, crop? This is going to be a winter wheat crop. Nope. It'll, be, it'll, it'll actually be to plant corn in next year again. Oh, okay, so just I'm use it as a cover crop. I'm 100% crop. corn farmer. Sure, yeah, okay. gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know that the cover crop thing is going to help. The tillage, we believe, would help, and certainly picking the right hybrid, using fungicide. The cover crop thing, I have—I really honestly haven't seen anything. My biggest fear is that we're going to have something out there that's going to host that tar spot. So once you say, Darren, and I don't I, I don't believe that wheat's going to host the tar spot. No. But I do no, worry about gonna, and could there be it. something else you put out there. But anyway, yeah. So I, I don't I, I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference. But, you know, Ron, you can run some tests yourself on your farm. Just leave a couple strips that you don't uh, don't moldboard plow. And then of your moldboard plowing, leave a couple of those strips where you don't plant wheat and just start to see what happens. But, no, we do worry about this tar spot overwintering. Yeah. It's a terrible disease at this point. Like Darren said, the breeders don't have a real great handle on it. So there are no hybrids where we go, oh yeah, this is a fantastic one on tar spot. Uh, we're just not seeing a whole lot of that yet, but hopefully eventually we've got better tolerance in the varieties. So we don't have to get quite as worried about it as we are today. Yeah. The worst, the worst places I have it on is on some of the bad sand knobs that I didn't chisel plow last fall. And that's where it showed up first. Yep. And I just was curious if that was my own fault for not tilling it under. Or... Well, you know, it's hard when you've got sand and you say, I don't want to till. I get it. I mean, I prefer to reduce my tillage on the lighter ground as much as possible, too. And I'm not here to say, oh, everybody should go back to moldboard plowing or anything. But when we talk about moldboard plowing, I mean, you look at why did our grandpas do that? Well, the reason why is because we killed bugs, we killed diseases. And it it really helped to to turn a lot of weeds under as well. So I get it. Back before we had herbicides, before we had all these great planters and everything else, I mean, there wasn't a lot of choice. And now here we are with a disease that, yeah, I, I mean, that, that tillage thing does appear to be a good way to at least get it reduced. Okay, well, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Yep. Thanks, Ron. And uh, yeah, sorry that you've got such an issue with Tarspot. It is certainly a tough one. All right. Well, it's time now for the Ag PhD Mailbag. It's the mailbag. 
All right, Brian, uh, first question comes from Chick. How do you apply manure if you want to do no-till or minimum tillage? Well, I don't know how you're going to do the minimum use, till thing unless you're right. You're going to have to turn it to compost. That's all I can come up with. You're, you'd have to turn it to compost. But even then, yeah, let's the talk about till, that. The minimum till you can inject. You can inject liquid manure. Oh yeah, we absolutely. See, we actually have a neighbor that injects liquid manure into the pasture. Sure, but I want you to think about the compost deal for a second. We do it, Darren, where we're strip tilling, but eventually we're going to till that ground when we get manure and work it. Uh, but I'm just saying with with compost, okay, yeah, you got all kinds of nutrients there, and environmentally, you're in much better shape than you are with manure. But if you lay it on the surface of the soil, there's P and K in there, and that's not going down in the ground if you've got heavy soil and cold temps like we do, and not a lot of rainfall normally. But just with heavy soil, period, I mean, it just it doesn't move. So you do that for 10 years in a row, and guess what? All your fertility is in the top inch. So that's not going to be real great. I, I, I'm just a big believer in figure out some way to inject the stuff down deeper. I, I, I realize you want to stay complete no-till. You may want to stay complete no-till, but it just doesn't work out very well with manure or compost. You've got to figure out some way to get that down into the ground where your roots actually can use it and where you have a lot less environmental risk for losing it. All right, thanks for the question. Really appreciate that, Chick. Uh, Got a question kind of related here a little bit, Brian. Uh, this one's from Jeff in southwest Michigan. He said, I'm looking to ban some fertilizer, specifically phosphorus, with a grain drill this fall ahead of planting winter wheat. My dad thinks I'm nuts for even thinking about it and says there's no way you're putting fertilizer in my drill. Well, I've been talking to Wheat Pete, and he said this is a great way to go with winter wheat. Am I just spinning my wheels here, or should I give it a try? Uh, I've been told time and time again, don't pay to what – Pay attention to what others are doing. It's a waste of money. Uh, what do you think about putting the phosphorus out uh, ahead of winter wheat and getting it down in the ground a little bit? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. But what's the alternative? I mean, what? It, how else are you going to put your phosphorus on? That's really the question. So, I, I mean, if you've got some other way to do it, great. But just like we were saying with the last question, phosphorus just doesn't move in soil. So if you lay it on the surface of the soil and you don't get it in somehow— it's not going to do you a lot of good. I mean, it might do you a little bit of good, but not much. we got to get it down into the ground. So if that's the only way you have to get it in the ground, that's fine. Here's the other thing. With our dad, he was always great at, hey, well, we're willing to try some things. Okay, so prove it to me on a few acres that it works. And that's how I would approach it with your dad. I'd say, hey, let's just try it on a few acres. It's not going to hurt us to try it on a few acres. Let's do that, see what we see for results, and then you go from there. Yeah, but if he's worried about fertilizer running through his equipment and damaging equipment, then just do a really good job cleaning it up, and you do it right before wheat, and then you're running all the wheat through there, and that should polish it up pretty nice, too. Hey, thanks for the question. Really appreciate that, Jeff. Thanks to you for listening today. Really enjoyed getting harvest updates uh, from across the continent. And, of course, if you ever have an update, you can sure send it to us, radio at agphd.com. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.